Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Dragoncast. Home of House of the Dragon. Gather your small council, send out your ravens and call in your bannermen. I'm Hand of the King Jamie East, here to guide you through the insane world of Westeros and beyond. Welcome, welcome everybody to Dragoncast, home of House of the Dragon. I'm Jamie East. And I am Chris Mundell. He certainly is. Let's get into it. Uh... Second episode of the week after a slightly shell-shocked uh, Sound of Succession episode on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I kind of feel as though we could almost record another episode about that about that Literally, episode. Literally. As, yes. as, as soon as we finished recording, I was like, oh my God, I didn't mention this. I didn't mention, didn't talk about that. And, you know, and oh, goodness me. What? And I think like we recorded quite soon after we'd seen it. Yeah. And I think the last 24 hours has been really interesting watching the episode continue to send shockwaves across the yeah. internet and uh which is why you were on uh you were on television touch me touch me I'm just Famous. literally I, can, I if anyone watching on youtube will, will still see the remnants of jeremy vine's magic dust all over me yeah uh, i yeah You're covered I in it to- I was, I was, I'm literally, I'm drowning in it. Um, he, uh, uh, yeah, I was invited to go on because I was so angry at, um, about spoilers. It's interesting. I mean, it's relevant to this. You know, we're not, it don't is. Worry, we're not going to spoil episode three of this Succession. latest episode of Succession. Don't panic. Um, but it's, it's, it's relevant to our interests. Spoilers. Chris, where do you, yeah. where do you, where do you stand on spoilers? I'm, I'm glad you asked um, <laughs> because I saw you talking about this on Twitter yeah. And people I, I like and respect, I have now got different feelings about. Well, what I think is interesting is that even within the space of people like who work, like us who work in the medium of television, even we have very diverging views on yeah. spoilers. And yeah. you were on television talking about how ridiculous it is and how easy it is to get things spoiled very early on in yeah. you know like succession for example and it's the same for house of the dragon uh, yeah. they're the sunday night slot in america we tend to watch it monday mornings it's on monday evenings but it's it's a gauntlet it's a gauntlet yeah. to try and uh, avoid information um so my view I have a slightly different view to you. I'm a little bit um, keep the peace about this, uh, generally. Um, 
I think that sums cl- up our, our dynamic. Classic, like, classic youngest in the family. Doesn't like, doesn't like why any. Why can't we all conflict. just get along? Yeah. I'll tell you what I think about it. First, first of all, um, I should have phoned in on Jeremy Vine, shouldn't I, really? Yeah, yeah. Chris, 30, <laughs> from Carlisle. Um, no, so what I would say is, first of all, on, on Monday morning, um, I woke up at five in the morning, just okay. couldn't sleep, yeah. went to the bathroom, had a glass of water. I looked on my phone at 5, 5.30 in the morning and everybody that I follow on Twitter that is based in America was just saying what an amazing episode it was. Now, but no, but no, 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 nothing no else. In the, now, nobody no. told me what happened, mm-hmm. but I saw that as an, people saying that is one of the greatest episodes of television I've ever seen or yeah. this will go down as a legendary episode of television mm-hmm. or I am so grateful I watched this as it happened live. Yeah, And the other thing that people shared a lot of was very no-context images or quotes from the yeah. show. So the one that I saw was ca- three characters hugging one another. Yeah. Which now, I think HBO had used as their official kind of thumbnail for the episode, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And I just think, so what I would say is there's a definitely worth separating people that go online and say, oh my God, I can't believe Ned Stark got his head chopped off. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those people really do need to learn. Uh, and I think it's interesting that people are still behaving like that on social media, but they need to learn that like these conversations reverberate. It's just out. a dick move. It's just a dick right. move and there's no other word for it. Yeah. What I would also say though is that I inferred very quickly at 5.30 in the morning yeah. what was probably going to happen in that episode. Yeah, yeah. But that's that okay. takes, I think that's okay too. That's you joining the dots because it you're is, a passionate because you're a passionate and detailed watcher of the show. A more yeah. casual viewer of the show might have just skimmed over that and gone, "Oh dear, yeah. something you know, something you, you, bad's happened." Yeah. Your brain does work very fast to connect the dots. Yeah. When you are looking for ways to connect the dots, but I would also say, you know, it's still it still kind of spoils what might happen or it's it really is i thought it was really clear actually um by that point what was probably going to happen in the episode and so what i think about spoilers generally is um it's really good to not go in and know what's happening it's not inevitable that you're going to go in and not know what's going to happen and i think if you I kind of went in thinking I knew what was going to happen, but knowing and experiencing it are very different things. Yes, And I what I found on our Game of Thrones rewatch, even knowing what's happening doesn't take away the witnessing it happening. And so that's kind of where I'm at. I think I try and keep a lot of my thoughts for the podcast now, because if I sort of say, oh my God, Sarah Snook should win an Emmy for that, someone will go... Well, what? She reacting dramatically to someone dying? Is that what you're saying? You know, it can be yeah. very, very easy to sort of push yeah. the conversation even without meaning to. So, 100%. Yeah, the yeah. other thing, the final thing I would say, listen, I grew up watching Coronation Street. <laughs> they tell you what happens on that show months in advance. If the tram's yeah. going to kill a load of people, if there's going to be a gas leak in the Because pub. they need the publicity. Yeah. And they yeah. don't stop production. But I think yeah. it's interesting that soaps and the soap genre is spoiler it's like bombs falling out of the sky like you that you're that's the whole point you're supposed to you know that you know rita's gonna get killed and you tune in yeah. to see what that looks like and i think it wouldn't be the worst thing particularly with house of the dragon like we know 
some stuff about that show because it's literally been mentioned in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that that's going to spoil it for me. No, I agree. But that's so, yeah. I mean, that's, that's literally right. there's that's an unavoidable spoiler. You know, but here's my take on it. Right? Yeah. I can I I completely agree with you. I but on top there's a layer on top of that. The people yeah. that spoil things are just cunts. There's no other word for it. They're just it's it's either lazy journalism or yeah. peacocking. It's just people who want to go, oh, rah, 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 rah. it's 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 nasty and it's selfish. It's not a, it's not their decision to go, well, it doesn't spoil it for you. It just changes the experience. No, I'll be the judge of that. Thanks very much. I'll yeah. I'll have I'll I'll decide if that's how I want to proceed. It's not up yeah. to you to take that pleasure away from me and then call me a twat for moaning about it. It's just not. Yeah. You know, I also agree that it's problematic because of airing in the States at, at 2 a.m. UK Absolutely. time. That is difficult. It is difficult to avoid it. I, I avoided Twitter, got up, literally got up from bed, walked from my bed to the television. By the time I got to the television, I stupidly kind of opened Instagram and seen right. the LA Times uh, right. title. And I was just like, yeah. for fuck's sake. You know, yeah. th- and there's also a million miles of difference between some fucking twat on Twitter going, oh my God, I can't believe blah, 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 blah. And the Daily Mail or the LA Times yeah. putting it on their front page yeah. or putting it on Twitter saying literally in the headline. There's no journalistic need for it. In fact, yeah. I would argue it's better to tease what's in your article the the word clickbait is there for mm. a reason yeah you know yeah, yeah. and this is Definitely. one example uh, it, when clickbait is necessary and i also think that you can't expect in something like succession if you're not on duty with a with a series like we are with succession or when mm. people are with house of the dragon or anything like that when it's hot when it's live when it's current i would argue if you've not watched that episode by the time the next episode comes out, that's your fault. Yeah. I think we have to treat the stuff we consume because we're all watching things non-linearly now. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. everyone is watching a different combination of, of, of five different shows and whatever. Yeah. It is your responsibility to manage that. I mean, yeah. I do say that having, I think, was it last week when I ruined a huge death on The Sopranos for one of our listeners? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, but, I was mortified because I was like... But it's what do you do? It's like, I think, right. I think you can... You can keep manners in your mind when you're... T- it's like, I, you know, I wouldn't talk about the ending of Breaking Bad. Just just blurt out the ending of mm. it. I, wouldn't, I just wouldn't do it. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Just out of, again, just out of, yeah. just out of politeness for, for, fellow, for fellow TV fans. I yeah. get that, I'm, you know, you're going to see them. If you're interested in The Sopranos and you start Googling about it and you're on season two, you're going to have it spoiled for you. But there's nothing you can really do about that because it's so yeah. fucking old. I do White think Lotus, also- I would say now, you know, too late. Yeah, you know, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah. I but- do think as well, though, um, like what's interesting about it is I think we're very well trained to know when to look away. Yeah. And one of the things that made this such a shock was, you know, we we thought what might happen in this episode would happen by the end and yeah, maybe yeah. happens in the penultimate episode yeah, yeah. because that's what Game of Thrones taught us to do. It's not that we don't think people are going to die. It's that it, re- it happens like yeah. on the third episode. It's really, what I would, what I love about it is that it, you're, we have really been trained not to expect that. And so yeah. that's where a lot of this kickback is coming from was I wasn't prepared to look the other way 
is Bank Holiday Monday. It's episode three. I still haven't got into it yet. Yeah. You know, you get very good. I think people people were talking online about like, we'll just mute it, mute the hashtag, mute the this. But the thing is, let's say, and I'm going to use hypotheticals in case people haven't watched the show. Let's say there's a character called Sarah on Succession who dies. Mm-hmm. And this character is like sixth or seventh down on the call sheet. You can mute as many hashtags as you like, but Rip Sarah will be trending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rip yeah. Sarah Smith, right? And you just go, well, I didn't know to mute that. I didn't know to, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to protect yeah. myself from that. And so I think it's a very interesting conversation when people say you have to inoculate yourself because you're like, I don't know what germs are going to be flying my way. Yeah, exactly. But that's what, I, that's what it brings me back to manners. There are plenty yeah. of safe spaces for people to discuss spoilers on shows. Yeah. Yeah. You can have a Twitter circle. Yeah. You can have yeah. a Facebook group. You know, there are you can have pl- a podcast. You can have a podcast. There are plenty of places for you to discuss that thing that happened with, with yeah. people that you know they're watching it. I Just- also think it would be wise to say I think some outlets the LA Times one was absolutely ridiculous. I thought like kind of funny, but also like a, that that was a dick move. I saw a lot of outlets that were covering this uh episode before I watched it and I didn't feel like they were really shoving it in your face and right. i thought there were places there's some great interviews out there mm-hmm. um gq has an interview with mark mylod who directed the episode yeah, yeah. No, that's really cool. um vulture's done like nine articles uh <laughs> vox have done some amazing stuff so those guys have re- been really good at like managing but dancing it. around it yeah yeah um so yeah and also um mark mylod who directed that episode of succession directed the episode of Game of Thrones that we are talking about on the podcast. So hey, look at that. That's that's called well, synergy. Maybe, yeah, I think it was that one. Um, we have a couple of other things to talk about, don't we? We do. Well, it's, I mean, great news. So uh, in between the last Dragoncast and, and this one, uh, Dragoncast has been honor, is an honoree at the Webby Awards, which is like, woohoo! Which, when, when I got the email through... I was like, oh, great. Oh, fuck. Did we what, basically, what an honorary means is we didn't quite make the shortlist, but we were still mm-hmm. honoured. And I was a bit kind of like, uh, I feel like the guy bottom left on the on the Oscars who just kind of like, the pan zoom just, just passes yeah. his... But then realised actually what a big deal the Webbies are. They They're are huge. massive. Fallon was talking about it, like, I'm yeah. telling you about them being nominated. So... And we were up against, right, we were up against the official Dra- House of the Dragon podcast. We were up against like a Disney one, another mm. HBO one, a Time Warner one. You mm-hmm. know, we were the, we were by f- a country mile, the small, like a smallest by as in independent, little old mm-hmm. us chatting in, in our respective houses podcast. All the others were like conglomerates. Mass- conglomerates. So yeah. Amazing. So yeah. C- so congratulations, Chris. Such as. Thank, congratulations, Jamie East. It was such a surprise and so gratifying to be shorter than the long list and longer than the short list. Exactly. We're in that lovely, <laughs> lovely little bit in the middle. Yeah. What, an, uh, what a nice thing to just be told that the work you're doing is resonating and that it matters 100%. and people 100%. like it. It really helps. So that's, well, that's fantastic. I noticed you updated. Like the past couple of weeks, it's like the ratio of feedback that we get on each episode and listeners getting in touch is so gratifying. And I've never experienced it on any of the podcasts I've ever done before. Um, and just getting little nuggets like that yeah. really warms the cockles of our heart. It, really it does. Works. And it melts our cold, cold hearts. 100%. 100%. 
very hard to do. So congratulations us. And yeah. the other thing I wanted to talk about before we get into Game of Thrones yes. is there's a couple of stories about House of the Dragon yeah. rounds. Exciting. So the first thing is, is they're officially in production. I know. My mate Dan, who does all of the behind the scenes filming, Dan Story. Hello, Dan, if you're listening. Did his first selfie from Leavesden Warner Brothers Studios outside yeah. the sign. So, and there was, a, and there was a kind of like slightly nondescript photograph of the back of the throne that came out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Why? Odd shot, I thought. Is there like a Westeros janitor that's sort of sweeping behind it, do you think? I think, I don't know. I mean, it's like probably just the safest shot that they could show. Yeah. It was just Maybe kind of getting like... Getting the Dettol on there just to clean it just, before they start. Yeah, it showed, that, it showed a bit um, behind the scenes for you. That's there. exciting. Yeah. The other thing that I thought that was worth talking about very quickly is yeah. the news that came out that um, the second series is only going to be eight episodes and not yeah. ten. Yes. Which I yeah. meant to bring up last week and I forgot. I know, same. We kind of got got waylaid by that. So, um, thoughts? Well, you know, historically... I think people sure, are like, oh my God, it's in trouble already. I did not think yeah, that Yeah, well, I, I... So, here's what I think. I think, you know, Barry, Succession, both doing four seasons. I think safe to say House of the Dragon is going to do four. And the best way to do that is to shorten two and three and maybe go back to 10 for the final season or, or yeah. just, it seems like a pacing thing more than anything. I think, <clears throat> sorry, Karen. No, no, that was it. I think you're right. I think, I don't know if it was, it was, if it was particularly to, um, to eke it out so much mm. as to work out what the bookmarks are for I each season. I think um, I've not read the book. It's literally blinking at me as I speak from a bookcase. I know what's, I know kind of the heartbeats of things that can happen. I think the big thing that they were looking to do in season two while they were making season one was something called Blood and Cheese, um, mm-hmm. which I think is some kind of crazy red wedding horror horror show. Um, from what I've read, it sounds like they may have stretched. There's a battle and mm. this Blood and Cheese thing that were both going to happen in season two. And I think what they've decided to do is to make the most of one thing, they've pushed the other yeah, thing to season so. three. Which makes yeah. perfectly narrative perfect narrative sense <clears throat> and from a you know from a spectacle point of view, from a budgetary point of view, it makes it makes sense. Yeah. It and, does. And I think I think like it's a smaller story. It is more contained. Yeah. And it, it's good I think it's good to <clears throat> kind of not reinvent the wheel exactly, but just constantly recalibrate what you're doing on a show like this and if it doesn't need to be 10 episodes a season then just don't do them because yeah. you know I, I think I, I think you'll also, only get slagged off for kind of like oh that was boring nothing happened yeah like, exactly yeah. Or, or they're treading water and I think yeah, also yeah. yeah I think it's going to be pacing I think from what we sort of gleaned working on season one of uh, Dragoncast is that uh, a lot of this first season was set up so I think the acceleration is going to be quite rapid yeah. So it makes sense to learn a better way of doing that. The other thing is if they're doing eight rather than ten, you have to assume this third season will take less time to do than the second season. If they're writing less scripts, they can That's maybe sort of double shout. up on things. So it just, it's just shout. about how can we be a bit more lean with it, mm. which is going to be great. So I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, it's just something to look forward to, isn't it? It's, 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 it's happening. It's like, as we record right now, someone is in makeup, someone is in front yeah. of a camera, the scripts are finished. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in motion. The wheels are in motion, which is a good feeling. Really excited. It'll come round before you know it. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And one thing we also <clears throat> haven't mentioned before, sorry, apologies, we're like eking, eking this episode mm. out. 
should we are we allowed to talk about it? it's a little bit star fuckery it's a little bit name droppery but mm. when we were like whilst we're talking about prepping for house of the dragon when chris and i were at the uh the premiere for succession mm-hmm. oh, should we should we t- should I say this I say yeah, yeah 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 why not why the fuck not we was we hung out with the, some of the cast of game of thrones of house of the dragon which was yeah quite, quite thrilling it like i have to confess i almost had one of my most horrific uh celebrity encounters ever <laughs> like it was one of my most excruciating <laughs> moments ever we're in the queue <clears throat> to like to like go in to um to the screening and Chris and I think we'd been split up hadn't we yeah and um people try and do that because there's the energy is just off the charts otherwise so yeah we often get and um so I was uh I was just like wandering around and I looked and I thought hang on a second, that's Millie Olcock there who plays young Rhaenyra I was like wow that's pretty cool and then I was like oh fucking hell it's Fabian Frankel who's the guy who plays Sir Kristen Cole mm-hmm. and just as I was looking at them both, bear in mind I'd recorded the premiere special of How's the Dragon for Sky Atlantic, and I, in my mind, I was like, there's my mates, mm-hmm. there's my pals, they'll remember me, without, like, I'm the main character, obviously, without thinking they've travelled <laughs> the world on this show, and that already on that day was, like, their 30th interview. Um, so anyway, caught Fabian, Fabian caught my eye, I just went, mate, how you doing? And he was like, and he, he, <laughs> he, he did the awful thing where he looked behind him and then point, he went, who, me? And I was like, oh no. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't worry. I interviewed you. Don't panic. He was like, and he was like, oh yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hi. Hey. Like I knew instantly he had not got a fucking <clears throat> it's clue. It's you. Who I, and he went, oh yeah, man. In LA, right? And I didn't have the, I just thought I've got to end this now. And I just to, went, yeah. I went, yeah, yeah, good to see you, mate. And just carried on walking. Like, literally, my balls were in my stomach. I was like, please, <laughs> dear God, please, dear God, let no one else have heard that. So then then the worst thing was they then sat, they were on the row in front of me, like Millie and Fabian were sat next to each other. And then I looked over and there, Emma Darcy was there. And yeah. they thankfully didn't catch my eye because I was, I was, I was already done for. I was, I, was, I was a husk of a man by that point. But then we finished. You and I were wandering around outside yeah. and walked slap bang into all three of them, stood outside the, the British Museum, all smoking their fags. Um, yeah. And Fabian came over to me, thankfully. Thank fuck. And he was like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. I didn't. And I was like, look, it's my fault. I just have to say, we didn't meet in LA, though. And he went, I know, I know, I know. We met in the, the, the premiere. He remembered me. He remembered me. I am someone. I matter to a celebrity. It I'm was... part of their universe. <laughs> <laughs> and Millie Olcott was like, oh, mate, how you doing? Um, and then, uh, then because you'd interviewed Emma and you had a hug, yeah. you hugged? Two hugs. Listen, two, two I, hugs. it's really dangerous in my line of work to try and think you're friends with any of these people. I do it constantly. Mate, I am friends with all of when, them. <laughs> when hey, I Paddy, hope you're listening, mate. <laughs> Love you, Paddy. When we inter- when I interviewed Emma for GQ, I did it twice. And it was to do with, like, one was a profile for the magazine and one was, like, a Q&A to tie into the final episode of season one. And between those two interviews, I bumped into Emma in Soho in oh, the God. summer. Oh, God. And... Emma was with another actor who I won't name just because, you know, Tom, I don't... Tom Cruise. 
um, they were walking through Soho and I'd interviewed this actor as well for something else and I just oh, clocked God. eyes with them walking down the street and I was just like hey guys oh, bounded over to them gave them each a hug and I was me. like I was like how's it going and they were both like we're good we're just both about to start work on this film and I was like oh well I just said to them I'd just done Paddy I get, on IMD, get on IMDB listeners find out what Emma Darcy films are in and what actor she's and, there, um, there in and literally with. had a quick chat and I was like listen I'll let you go I got to get home and do some work, so bye. And then I, you know, went on the train home, and I thought, God, what a tit! Like, what a tit! What, no, did, absolutely not. You know, I will not anyway, have that. you were not. Fast a tit. forward, fast yeah. forward to the end of the year, and I was at a party, a glitzy party in Knightsbridge. Oh. I bump into the actor yeah. at the party, and I was like, Hey, man, was I like a massive knobhead when I came over and said hi? And he goes, No, Emma and I both said. It's so it's so friendly. You're such a nice person, and we both really enjoyed the piece. Oh, look at that! So it's because of that that when I saw Emma at the um, at the succession thing, I just was like, "Look, I just want to say hello quickly. It's great to see you. How are you doing?" And that's kind of the the bulk of it. But Emma is like such. A you should have gone all in. Well, gone well I all got in. a hug. We chatted about. Uh, Do you want to exchange? Should we, should we swap numbers? I, I think you're at number swapping stage now. Come on. I kind of think, yeah, I kind of think I could probably get away with that. But no, I mean, this is the thing. I think there's a, a new generation of actors that are incredibly private yeah. and that are incredibly resistant to that. And the thing about Emma that I love is that they constantly have different a different hairstyle. And yes, I literally amazing. walked like- past Emma like twice and I said to them, like, it was sort of like a grey blue. And I was like, I thought it was. I thought you were doing red. Last time I saw you, it was red. You know, before that, it was kind of like blonde, and they were just like, yeah, I just sort of. And they really do blend in, and I think the the kind of it's kind of amazing that you have this really like vivid platinum haired Targaryen, and then IRL. It's very very hard to find Emma in a crowd. Yeah. So amazing. that was very gratifying. And like I said, I, I sort of um, you do have to be careful. Listeners, you... what what you're taking away from this is that. Um, Chris is implying that celebrities like him more than me, which is quite rude. Uh, I think. If any even though I made a listening. career, even though I built a career on being nasty to celebrities, I've changed. That was in that was in my drinking days. I'm clean. I'm sober. I'm friendly. I'm wholesome. I'm just part of the gang. Mm-hmm. Um, what I find, I just say really quickly that because Rob, my partner, um, he works in the music industry. He knows famous people. He who's the most te- famous person Rob could phone up right now. Billie Eilish. Oh, fuck a duck. I was not expecting that. I was thinking maybe fucking Olivia Rodriguez had a push. I think he, yeah, I think he's got her number. Um, That's yeah. impressive. Who's but the most the, famous person you could phone up right now? Um, Probably Paddy. I have Paddy's number. That's good. That's good. Or, oh, um, Rupert, I have Rupert Grint's number, I think. Oh, here he is. Look at them off the but what I was going to say with Rob is... Do that you ever, his... like... Because you still drink. Have there ever been drunk Chris moments where you've been <laughs> scrolling through the contacts and you've gone... Like, intrusive thoughts have kind of, like, entered your mind where it's just like, shall I phone Rupert up? Do you know what I actually do? Because, so... I, actually, I, just, I have a new one. Timothy Chalamet. I have one of his numbers. What? On my phone because I interviewed him about four, five How years ago. How many numbers does Timothy Chalamet have? Well, the reason I say one of is that, like... Um, didn't say this i deleted it from my phone because i did scared i did call it like (laughs) oh no i'm horrified for you 
No, so basically... Oh, I'm going to have to... I feel like we're eating up so much time today. No, so no, I no. Inter- this is... Interview- fuck, ha- fuck Game of Thrones. No, Give me Chalamet is, Goss. This is valid. Okay, so... Okay. When I worked at Shortlist, we did Timothy Chalamet for a cover. Right. And we did him quite early. Like, before he was... He's quite elusive now. He doesn't do a lot. We shot him in London when he was over for the BAFTAs. Yeah. And we had to get the interview done in like a really tight time frame. And yeah. his publicist was really good about getting a shoot time. We spent about an hour shooting him, but we had to do the interview on the phone. Right. So a few days later, he's back in New York and he calls me at like 11 p.m. or midnight because of the time difference. Yeah. Maybe it was a bit earlier. Maybe it was about eight or nine. Calls me and we do 20 minutes and he's like, hey man, I've really got to go can I call you back? And I was like, why do you have to go? I thought we were doing an interview. He was like, I've got like a doctor's appointment. So he went, he was like, I'll call you back. <clears throat> and he, and he kind of hangs up. So I'm at home on a Saturday night. <clears throat> it's like nine o'clock. And I'm thinking like, when is he going to call back? Yeah. Gets to like 10, 11, 12. And I texted the number to be like, Hey, like what time are you calling back? Because there's no person, there's no middle person organising this. Got you. Right, okay, I see, yeah. So I'm just like, hey man, are you going to get back to me? Yeah, please. And at one point, at like half past 12, I was, it was you know, I'm getting tired. Yeah. I'm getting sleepy. And Precisely. Yeah. I'm like, when is this, you know, I, I what do I do? So I called just to be like, I'm just going to call him to sort of see oh, if he answers. No. And I'm like, hey, you know, and he didn't. But then he called me back within five minutes to be like, I'm sorry. And basically the delay was because when you sign on to like big studio projects, you have to get like a a complete health check. Yeah, you do do with any kind of like TV series. Yeah. Yeah. So any like they have to make sure you can, you're physically fit. So he'd been doing that. So he was like, I'm really sorry. It took ages. I was in this health clinic for like hours. Wow. Um, And I I just remember thinking like, I should just get rid of this number because it's clearly not his permanent number that was my feeling like but so I got rid of didn't it. well i do i've got rid of it now oh have you oh, yeah because it was, I was like gonna do like a michael mcintyre on you no i was, do- oh my God, no. <laughs> I was probably giving it to his grandma or something you know it's like an old exactly. sim card it's just it's um, a burner phone it's a burner phone so that drugs. is it my story do <laughs> my story about that so that's amazing but what was the point i was going to make yes yeah, sorry because with Rob, like, we go and see his artists, we hang out with them sometimes, we go to gigs, we go and chill out with them at Glastonbury or whatever. You do get very used to just not, just pretending they're not famous. And that is so much easier yeah. to go up to someone that you've interviewed and just say, how are you? Like, how's things? Like, and and not be sort of, because I think sometimes you can go in as a journalist to be like, what well, can you tell me about the new series? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you um, do yeah. learn to just go, look, they're just people and they're just, they're at the same thing you're at. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, Goodness gracious me, we've done half an hour already and we haven't even talked about what we, the reason we're here. Before we get sidetracked with actually trying to text Billie Eilish, here is a five-minute recap from our sister podcast previously on all about Season 7, Episode 4, The Spoils of War. The Lannister army approaches King's Landing after successfully capturing Highgarden. The caravan brings the Tyrell gold inside the city, but not before Jamie seizes a large bag of it for Bronn, who insists he still wants the castle he was promised all that time ago. Cersei informs Tycho Nestoris that she will use the gold to repay the Lannister debt to the Iron Bank. 
They discuss a possible loan that would allow Cersei to hire mercenaries from Essos to, to bolster her armies. At Winterfell, Littlefinger gives Bran the Valyrian steel dagger that was used to try and kill him as a child. When Littlefinger tries to suck up to him, Bran says, Chaos is a ladder, quoting words Littlefinger uttered to Varys in private a long time ago. It completely freaks Littlefinger out, and he realises that Bran could somehow know about all his shady dealings. Mira says her goodbyes to Bran as she wants to be with her family when the White Walkers come, and is frustrated by Bran's indifference to her. She says the real Bran died when he became the Three-Eyed Raven. Arya arrives at Winterfell and demands to see Sansa, but the guards don't believe she's really Arya Stark. As they argue over whether they should let her in, she sneaks into the castle and reunites with her sister at their father's tomb. Sansa brings Arya to see Bran in the Godswood and he tells her he has seen her in visions and knows all about her kill list and then gives her the Valyrian steel dagger. Later, Arya watches Brienne sparring with Podrick and asks if she can train with her. Brienne agrees, but initially underestimates Arya's martial prowess. Sansa and Littlefinger watch amused as the two adversaries fight to a draw, impressing each other with their skills. At Dragonstone, Jon takes Daenerys and Missandei to see the Dragonglass Mine and shows them cave paintings made by the Children of the Forest. The paintings depict the Children and the First Men fighting the White Walkers together. Seeing this, Daenerys offers to fight for the North if Jon swears loyalty to her, but he insists that his people won't accept a southern ruler. Tyrion and Varys break the news to Daenerys that they've lost Highgarden and Casterly Rock to the Lannisters. Daenerys considers ransacking King's Landing and asks for Jon's advice. He says that if she destroys the city, she'll just be seen as another tyrant like Cersei. Davos notices that Jon seems slightly attracted to Daenerys and asks him what he thinks of her. Jon says there's no time to think about such things during a war. Oh no. The Greyjoy survivors arrive at Dragonstone and Jon confronts Theon for betraying Rob, but spares his life because he saved Sansa's. The Lannister caravan is bringing food from Highgarden through Blackwater Rush when it's attacked by the Dothraki horde. Daenerys rides Drogon into battle as he incinerates the Lannister armies. Jaime orders the archers to fire at Daenerys, hoping to knock her off the dragon, but is attacked by a Dothraki soldier and saved at the last minute by Dickon Tarly. Bronn abandons his gold and makes his way towards Kyburn's scorpion, which is that giant dragon-killing crossbow we mentioned before. He manages to hit Drogon, but Drogon destroys the scorpion before Bronn can land a second blow. Daenerys gets off Drogon and tries to remove the bolt from him. The battle is well and truly lost for the Lannisters, but Jaime sees Daenerys nearby and charges towards her on his horse. As he gets close, Drogon notices and breathes fire. Jaime's tackled off his horse by Bronn at the last minute and they both fall into the river, with Jaime's armour sinking him to the bottom. We got there in the end. We got there in the end. Uh, here we are. First episode of season seven. Uh, the mm. ones that were chosen were kind of fitted the pattern of our Game of Thrones rewatch. We've got like a middling episode and then the final two. So season seven, episode four, Spools of War is now. Then mm -hmm. we've got, um, oh my God, what's it called? Uh, this episode no, episode six is beyond um, the wall beyond the wall your favorite episode ever and episode seven uh, the dragon and the wolf i can't remember always difficult to jump kind of midway yeah. into a season so much yeah. has happened although nothing that major a lot of positioning this is, 
This is what I thought. I couldn't believe Arya only just got to Winterfell. I yeah. was like, what have you been doing for three episodes? What have you been doing? I know, well, I know what she's been doing. Chatting to Ed Sheeran in the premiere. Oh, do you remember God, that? I missed that. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm so glad. But, you know, the fucking hate that people had for that scene, including me, I think it's awful it was, that people just plonk uh, Ed Sheeran in. It was because she fancied Ed, or did she fancied Ed Sheeran. It was her, you know, she, she orchestrated that. I've got no problem with, like, getting your face muddy, put a big wig on, yeah. Sophie Ellis-Bexter being an extra. Yeah. What I don't want is Ed Sheeran looking like Ed Sheeran, singing, singing like Ed Sheeran. a song yeah. about Casterly Rock. He may as well have got a loop pedal out. Yeah. I know. Anyway, so he's not in this episode. So, yeah, a lot of it felt to me like we sort of, we kind of started at a really good point because, yeah. I mean, I'd love to have seen some of the earlier bits, but it is a lot of this is set up. So we got, um, yeah, Arya arrives. Okay, yep. let's go Let's go from the start. Let's yeah, go. yeah, so Littlefinger, uh, the brilliant scene with Littlefinger, one of yeah. one of the best weird brand scenes ever. Uh, Littlefinger met with Bran and was yakking to him and gave him the, the cat's paw dagger. And this for me was my favourite bit of the whole episode, was like the cat's paw daggers kind of mm. like heartbeat through it all. And yeah, yeah, just yeah. that brilliant moment where <clears throat> Littlefinger's trying his usual schmoo- schmooze and kind of like suck up and charm to basically someone that's been lobotomized and been replaced by a ghost. Um, yeah. <laughs> who, who chat re- GBT, CBT. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what he is. It's, it's chat GBT. AI. Brand, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, the hands just aren't right. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, who just throws back a quote that, that Littlefinger said to Varys, like God knows how long ago. Um, season three. Season oh, three in private. Season. And he just went, yeah. chaos is a ladder. And, and like Littlefinger was just like, what the yeah. living fuck are you? And was just like, I'm going to leave now. You are a strange motherfucker. Freaked him out, didn't it? I mean, it it's did. interesting, it like, you know, I remember Isaac Hempstead Wright saying that Bran can't control these powers very well. Like, he hasn't learned all of the stuff that's happening, that he's just constantly seeing all these things. And I had this theory watching it that certain phrases will give him, like, almost like... Um, like Tourette's, uh, like a tick. No, no, not Tourette's. Like, um, what's that thing called when you, like... Synthesis? Like, no, when someone says something and you think it, you've experienced it before. Deja vu. Yeah. I've forgotten the word deja vu. <laughs> it's a ju- award-winning journalist, uh, Chris Mandel here, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, the joke writes itself, like, what's that thing called when <laughs> you remember thing? something? You remember I things? can't remember it. <laughs> So I think what's happening is that whenever something like that comes up, he's kind of triggered as like, oh, I think I saw that like once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's really interesting because it just really freaked Littlefinger out, didn't it? Yeah. But I think his idea was this is a new, he's going to be the heir to Winterfell if he's the male Stark. I should align with him because Sansa doesn't seem to like me anymore. After I gave her my army and most of them died. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't need me anymore. She's still not forgiven me. Yeah. Still doesn't seem to be over the Ramsey thing. Um, so it's interesting just how quickly he was like, oh God, don't like this guy. Yeah. Um, and then with Arya and Sansa, he's kind of realised that those two reunited is not good for him either. And that- Yeah, it was the first time like Littlefinger realises. It's, it's the beginning of the end for Littlefinger now. He's just screwed and he kind of yeah. knows it. Hold on to your horses, sit yourselves down, don't go anywhere. We're heading off for a quick word from our sponsor, CNT. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I do like this season, I will say, like, the thing that works so well about this point in the show is all of these new combinations of people. Yes. So, the- like, Bran, Sansa, Arya, Littlefinger, it's like a sort of, like, family drama. And yeah. it's sort of, like, yeah, it's, it's I really just good. Get, I just found all of the Stark reun- reunions just so lovely because it really felt gratifying. It was, like, mm. really waited for this, really looked forward to this. And, and it was just, just nice moments. And I think... Arya and Sansa meeting in the, the crypt was was really nice as well because it was like oh yeah. my god you know kind of mirrored Robert and Ned going there in the pilot you know yes that's right to and pay their respects and, and you just realised like, how long it is since they in in if you were that how long it is since they've actually seen each other and you think yeah Bran is like a man and he was just like about tiny like, little baby when fucking he left. two foot tall in his stocking feet like last time yeah, anyone yeah. else saw him. Um, and that must be just really weird. Just that awkwardness. You know, I mean, it's it's awkward enough, like, when you see a cousin that you've not seen for, like, three or four years. It's mm. like, you know, but, like, your own kind of siblings. And I love the kind of, like, com- com- comparison of battle scars or the or the the, 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 the hinted at battle scars of Sansa and, and Arya just going, pretty shit journey to get here, right? And it's like... Mm. You wouldn't fucking know the half of it. I lost my I, face. I was blind. Yeah, I got raped. You know, I would like, love though because they're just like, you know, how did how, what were they saying? Like, I thought you were dead, and it was like I thought you were dead, and it was like, I'd love one of them to just go. So what happened? Yeah. 
So tell Where have you been? Let's get a cup of tea. Sit down. So, so, so like, did you see Dad get killed or what? It's like, so no. you were did at I the act? statue. Because did Sansa know Arya was on the statue? No. No, no, no. no. Probably so not. And then she, so Sansa's probably like, where, where have you been? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> were you in King's Landing be- all that time? Yeah. yeah. Where have you, where, why didn't you, like, come and help me? Um, but, yeah, I'd love them to just sit and talk. But, obviously, them it's a waste of time for them to talk about stuff we already know about, you know? Yeah, exactly. But I thought that was really fascinating. And, you know, even with Bran, they're sort of like, he went north of the wall for a while, came back, seems to have begun, middled and completed puberty. Yeah. And is that why he can see, like, he has visions? (laughs) It's a bit like... It was just kind of, oh, he has visions now. Okay. It's like, at least Arya had the decency to be a bit freaked out by a weird brother. Yeah, he remembered Arya being at the Crossroads Inn. That was it, yes. And she was going to go to... He was like, you almost went to King's Landing. And he was like, I know. And the Crossroads Inn is where Sansa's wolf was killed in the second episode. Micah was killed. You know, when they all go south, that's where that is. So I think it's a really interesting... You know, it could have been anywhere, but that's a big cross between, you know, going south to King's Landing and going north to Winterfell. And he said... Um, he mentions her kill list, or he mentions her list. That's it, yeah, which which uh, Sansa hadn't really believed. She just thought it was just Arya just being twee yeah. and a bit, bit daft. And it was like, yeah. oh, no, They fuck, do this fake laugh, don't they? Which she's like, oh. <laughs> And there is actually a kill list, yeah. Poor Mira got absolutely fucking cock-blocked by Bran in um, just on, a, on an extraordinary level. It's like, mate, I know you're a three-eyed raven. You can at least be a, show a bit of gratitude. You're not a complete dick. I thought that was really bad. She was horrified yeah, by it. It, it's, it is, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking, but also it's crazy. Like, Mira's been on the show since season three, and I'm, I'm a bit like, so That's that, what's your deal? I don't really know. They definitely feel like they didn't know what, she was there for and I think you know we never saw her father her, her and Jojen's father Howland Reed who was one of the men at the Tower of Joy with Ned this right. is a oh, very okay. important character that oh, a lot okay. of book readers think is integral to like a lot of stuff that's not come out yet so you know Vermeera to go just going to go back to and where does she live like the neck or something just yeah she's just kind of like to, look you know the long night's coming I need to be with my family. It's gonna shit's gonna go down. They're gonna wonder why I bothered going all that way and coming all the way back. I'm gonna without my for brother. Them. Yeah, yeah. Didn't bring any presents. <laughs> I went. I went to the wall and back, and all I brought back was <laughs> no brother. Yeah, this is like this lousy dead brother. This lousy dead brother. <laughs> so yeah, but that she says to Branner, "You died in that cave." Yeah, which um, is a fair point. It point. is a fair point. He's not yeah. the not a good friend, really. She yeah. must be absolutely ripped, though, after dragging him all that way back. They've got just unboundless energy. She's just got, like, Mira's got Popeye arms. Yeah, just precisely. <laughs> they did, uh, Sa- Arya and Sansa did, like, compare. They were just like, did you kill Joffrey? No, I oh, wish yeah, I had. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, they, good. That, yeah, was quite yeah, good. Yeah. that was quite good. But, yeah, there was never really a kind of, like, there's no real debrief. All the debriefs go off... Uh, happen off camera and it's Um, it's one of the things i hated when i watched it was that they weren't like they did they they were it was all quite petty this season that they sort of don't trust each other we haven't seen it quite yet but it's like and at the time i remember being like oh guys just move forward but actually 
this is what siblings are like. And I think what as what does work on a rewatch is that it feels like a family conflict. Yeah, they don't believe each point. other. They don't yeah. believe she can't believe that Sansa survived without compromising herself. And she thinks Arya's just ducked out of all of the hardships and has just come back with like a, like a real kind of stiff moral compass. And it's yeah. like, so it's, I love how um, irreconcilable the two of them are later in the season, um, which we'll presumably see. Yeah. But it's just great having them back. And there's a great scene where they push Bran through the courtyard and it's just like Brienne and Podrick see them and it's like, you could almost hear like the Friends theme playing, you know, they're sort yeah, of back yeah, yeah. together. It was, like, it was like no time, nothing's changed, you know, you're still, yeah. and that's, yeah, that, it's hey, that did you weird see, sibling connection. Did you see the little uh, shout out to one of the guards at Winterfell mm. that won't let Arya in? Yeah, so, go on. It's Joseph Quinn, who's in Stranger Things. That's who I fucking, yeah. who was... To circle the whole thing back at, at the, the fucking succession, succession premiere, premiere, having a fag with Millie Alcock. <laughs> Listen, isn't that amazing that he was just I the guard? I, I knew I'd seen him somewhere. He was just like randomly the guard. Ah, fucking And hell. he's like now like heartthrob numero uno yeah. in Stranger Things. Um, cool. So I loved that. And I also just loved, just to quickly, the small detail where Arya's like, just get Maester Roderick, just get this guy. They're like, all those people died yeah, and they're, they're like, you dead, can't yeah. name, you can't name any of the people that work here. And she's like, look, it has been like it's five been years. Guys. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's been, I've, I've everyone's just password. been yeah. Also, she, I, if I was Arya, I'd be like, look, you guys just moved back in. You having a go at me for not knowing who the fucking, you know, department store manager is in this place. Like yeah, you precise. just got here. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, exactly. Update the directory. Um, a nice moment with Brienne and Pod. <laughs> um, and the I loved the kind of the little kind of like uh, swashbuckling kind of uh, face off between Brienne and Arya. I thought oh, it was fantastic, so good. and obviously so good. huge foreshadowing there to the Long Night. Um, she that was where she first showed her move that uh, and ends up killing the Night King. Yeah, she uh, does the thing where she drops the, the fake, dagger. Yeah, exactly. It, drops it into okay. the other hand, and yeah. it's such a brilliant choreographed scene and mm. Brienne does has been in a couple now that one with the hound in season four I loved how it took advantage of the fact that they were completely opposite heights <laughs> yes you know, it was yeah, just yeah. so and you know she says like oh you can't you can't use that sword my lady and she's like I'll try not to cut you and it's yeah. just all very like it's great yeah. yeah Arya sort of has come out of the wilderness and you know we have Littlefinger and Sansa watching as our sort of proxy going Oh my god! This woman is a relentless ninja. Like, yeah, she's actually all of nails. What the hell happened? Yeah, and sh- the reason she's able to t- sort of get one over on Brienne is that Brienne's trained. You know, get your armor, get your big sword, and it's it's quite a brutal like fighting style. Arya's yeah. learnt this water dancing that Sirio Farrell started teaching her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's also working like an assassin, and it's all just she's like, I can't fight this person. You're not playing by the rules. So yeah, yeah. it's so good. Um, the only weird thing. And I'll say this is more only down. There was a really weird POV shot in that battle that felt so out of place because I don't think it had ever been done in Game of Thrones before that or since. And it felt just very odd. There was the, in that battle, Arya, all of a sudden we get a POV shot of Brienne looking down at Arya. And oh, Arya's I like, saw that. And yeah. Arya's kind of like doing a bit of that. It's when direct. she not, yeah, 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 and she it, does. That is weird. It's almost, I'd, I'd, I'd <clears> wager. 
I can't think of another time a Game of Thrones character or actor stares down the bar- stares down the lens, like directly mm. breaks the fourth wall. Very weird. It just felt totally out of place for Game of Thrones. Really, yeah, that is interesting. I, I I remember that. She, yeah, she's kind of it's, yeah 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 weird. Felt, but I yeah, love all of just, this. Yeah. The action being back at Winterfell is really great. All of the drama is really north. Even though we go to King's Landing in this episode, this is the point in the show where Cersei starts to really struggle because there's not really anyone for her to bounce off of. And there's just not as much conflict down there. Yeah, and that was the next next scene. So then we head over to King's Landing with Cersei um, talking to... uh, Nestoro, Nestoris, Tycho Nestoris, Nestoris or obviously um, Mark Gatis, who runs the Iron Bank, or is or at least regional man- assistant to the regional manager. Of the yeah, Iron something Bank. like that. So, um, so, so say, take take me through this because yes, so they're repaying. Step. So he's surprised that they're repaying this gargantuan loan. In your mind, how much do they owe? What what is that? What is on oh, that great like, it, like cut like the in real day, in, now in now now terms in now if Cersei was like fucking oh I've got to pay Monzo back I think it's like five million pounds you think it's that little nah yeah because I mean this they is don't the have, crown this is yeah like, but it, but like but they don't have the econ like they don't have our economy so it wouldn't be like. No. I thought it was going to be like the equivalent of a couple of bill at least, but maybe I've just been. I suppose if we're talking about what's the equivalent, yeah, it, I guess I guess that's true. I it's like big true. enough for the Iron Bank to be slightly kind of like because he says, "Oh, you know, a few." I can't believe you're paying it back this early. We were getting, we were, we were enjoying the interest enjoying, rate payments. Yeah. Um, which is, it's very Klarner, isn't it? Like, yeah, exactly. oh, you've only done it in two installments. We were sort it's of like, thought you'd do it over banking five. on over two years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. In the last episode, which we didn't obviously cover, they um, there was this double invasion. Daenerys' team storm Castle Rock. Yeah. The Lannisters attack Highgarden. Highgarden, as we know, is like all the grain. They control all the like harvesting. They're and like they the Ukraine of, of the world. The, 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 the really, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So... Uh, and I just want to talk about it quickly because it's it's quite a good reference point to season one, is that Daenerys and Tyrion and everyone say, look, Casterly Rock, we'll attack it because it's on the coast. We'll go in and the Lannisters anticipate this and they move all their forces to Highgarden so that when they go to the Casterly Rock, there's no one there. Yeah. They take it over really quickly. Euron's fleet blow up all the ships and yeah. get them stuck. Meanwhile... Elena Tyrell gets poisoned. They ransack Highgarden. And just for ease of reference, I haven't got a map here, but they're kind of, imagine them as kind of opposite ends of a very, you know, so they've got the road connecting them. And that is a reference to season one when they capture Jaime Lannister, when Rob captures Jaime. They trick the Lannisters into thinking they're going to attack Tywin's army, but they actually only send 2,000 people. So Tywin's army send everyone and then Jaime gets attacked by Rob's forces. So Jaime says to Elena... I lost to Rob Stark, but I learned from it, and I've yeah. done the same thing to Daenerys. Ah, good knowledge. So there the, we go. That's why that's Chris Mandel's on this podcast. They they come back. They've got. They're going on the. I think it's called the Rose Road, which is the one that connects Highgarden to King's Landing or to the King's Road or something like that. So they've got this loot train, as it's known. Yes. Okay. And they get most. They get the gold 
pretty much get the gold in. That's what they say to, uh, I think it's Sam Tarley's father, Randall Tarley says, yeah. most of the gold is in King's Landing. The rest of it is like, and it is like thousands and thousands of wagons, you know, it's a long, long uh, journey back. So yeah. yeah, so that's how Cersei pays off her loan is that they've, you know, but then immediately like pays off the load and then asks for another one to uh because he needs she uh she wants to uh, get the golden company on board yeah yeah because again she hasn't got one thing that is sort of becoming clear is that like there's so few people any anymore so many families have gone so many people have just gone twins she's having to buy people in from Essos. Just bulking up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, and then, yeah, that's a running theme throughout this because the the the, the Tarly is, you know, as when Tyrion's pleading a bit later on to to Sam Tarly and, and the son just going, don't, you're a great house. This is going to be the end of you. And, you mm-hmm. know, there, is, there aren't many houses left. And, you know, it is, again, kind of like, we're in this whirlpool heading towards the, the battle in the long night. And, 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 mm-hmm. It's it's condensing all of the characters down yeah. now, isn't it? And then he so yeah, he says to Daenerys, at least send them to the wall. At least it just seems crazy, eviscerating more and more people that you're going to rule over nothing if you carry on like this. So yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, Cersei has to buy an army because there's just so few people left, and it's just the whole country is just kind of ravaged by this really prolonged war. Um, but as soon as yeah, as soon as she clears the debt, <clears throat> the bank says, hey. <clears throat> Which is a bit of an like unnecessary it. plot point. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a MacGuffin that one because mm. Cersei could go well. Actually, I'll keep paying your interest, and I'll just go and buy the Golden Company now with the money I've got from the from the train. It was an it was a weird jeopardy plot point where it's just like yeah. gotta get that train to gotta get that train. You know. Mm. Yeah, and on the first watch, I thought Daenerys stole loads of gold as well. Um, I, it, I it's, there was a literally a line where they go, all the gold is in the city now. Which is kind of useful, but you know, some things you do forget after after watching them. Um, okay. And over to Dragonstone, we go over to Dragonstone yep. briefly. Um, yep. So again, I think like Daenerys has lost Highgarden, the Tullys. In the episodes that we haven't watched, this, the Dornish, the Sand Snakes get captured. Oh no! Theon's sister gets captured, and after starting season seven in a strong position, she's lost three key allies and that's yeah. kind of she's she's really fucked off with Tyrion she thinks he's giving him bad advice and I do love the drama with all these characters the alliance is not that strong they don't trust yeah. each other there's a lot of like you know it is interesting watching it back because you know it was like, oh, she just went fucking mad and she was just a nightmare and she did you know on paper like you just say she's lost this lost this ally lost mm. this ally Tyrion isn't is not as as He's still a great hand of the queen. He, st- he still mm. is, but it's not what she wants to hear. That's the slight madness in her that she's not listening to sense anymore. Yeah, but yeah. having said that, she's not going, she isn't, her options are drying up a bit. You know, her only option yeah. in many places is to kind of like go, well, fuck <clears> it. What else have I got to lose? May as well the, just breathe fire on everyone. Yeah. I think one of the things the show does a bad job of communicating is that, like, even if Alaria Sand has been captured, someone else would be running House Martell. Yeah. They'd be, they've still got the armies. There are still tens of thousands of people. Same with Highgarden. The same with some of the Ironborn. Daenerys still, in theory, has a lot of people, but because we don't have people leading those armies, 
it, the show sort of says to us, they've gone. Yeah. And it's sort of kind of not true. And I do think like, it's very easy for me to say this, but like watching it back, you're sort of like, you know, Daenerys doesn't campaign. She doesn't go to Dawn to meet all these people. She doesn't go and like mass amass the army. She doesn't deploy lieutenants and, mm. and captains. And she actually does seem to have a good amount of supporters. Yeah. But I think the show needs us, yeah, to feel like she is on the back foot. So essentially she's lost loads of support. She's fucked. Which yeah. forces her into this feeling, which as you said, it doesn't feel that it's not a reach anymore. Like we actually see where she goes in the show. We can see it a mile off here. She goes into dragon mode because Olena says to her earlier in the season, you are a dragon. You should start acting like one. Yeah. Which is supposed to be this like inspiring moment. And it's like, no, no, that's terrible advice from an old woman who knows she's going to die soon. Like Mm. that's terrible advice. And you mentioned it. The Tyrion says to her, like, we've got to have a strategy. She's like, I'm going to just go and do it myself. But John says the same thing, doesn't he? John says, people believe in you. You stand for something. But yeah. if you melt all the castles, they won't believe you stand for anything that benefits them. And yeah. that is what happens. So fair play to them. It, it is, it's they communicated yeah. what's going what's gonna to go wrong or like yeah. how, how susceptible she is to just going batshit. And there are some smaller moments leading up to before we get into the reach. There was, I enjoyed you know, a little light relief from... It's like Daenerys and Missandei having a bit of like, oh, did you fuck him? Well, mm-hmm. no, because he hasn't got a cock. So what did you? Yeah, it's like fingers and tops. You know, it's yeah. that kind of thing that was going yeah. on there. And then one of my favourite moments, which was was the um, was John with was it Viserion? Which which dragon was it? It was Drogon. Oh. It would have been Drogon, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been yeah. Drogon. Yeah, I enjoyed that moment a lot. There's a lot of hints, isn't there? That yeah with the dragon. Yes, I mean that kind of gave it away really. Yeah. You know, and knowing what we know from House of Dragon about the, we know more a bit about the folklore of mm. of owning a dragon and stuff. The fact that John they they had that staring moment mm. where which was referenced which we which we obviously learned about in House of the Dragon. I really enjoyed that. I mean Daenerys like face was just like hang on a sec what the fuck he doesn't like anyone. And yeah. And yeah. It is a bit like seeing, you know, if you bring like a boyfriend home and they get on really well with the family dog, you're like, yeah, it's like, okay, okay, this is interesting. You maybe keep you around for maybe a bit. Maybe I will bang him. Yeah, <laughs> Fido never <laughs> wags his tail. Exactly to my boyfriends. It's going to go off in the corner and hump a blanket. Yeah, this exactly. is unusual. This is. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of moments where I mean, I didn't, I wouldn't say it was like a standout moment, but even just John and. Um, um, Melis, uh, oh God, let me just start again. Missande, Davos, and John talking about um, bastards and mm. status, and you know he even says they say like, look, she freed you. Like, why do you still work for her? And she's like, I choose to. Like, we all believe in her. Yeah, um, was a good thing to have in because I think it's important to remember that like people really believe in her, and to some extent none of them are counselling her. Like, no one's like, mm, yeah. you shouldn't do that. Because yeah. sticking to her... I, it's interesting, because I just look back at, like, her destroying Slaver's Bay, and I'm like, I know I cheered, but it was really <laughs> badly was done. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. all a bit of a disaster. Like, yeah. we're supposed to see her as, like, liberating people, but, like, she just fucks off at the yeah. end. So yeah, yeah. it's very complicated. Like, I, I, you realise how futile the whole thing is, and that 
they don't love her yeah. uh, in Westeros. They don't, certainly don't at the moment. Um, but. And then we head over to to the Reach for, for, for a great action sequence. Yeah. It was great. It was, and like it was, way better than I remember. I remember yeah, it was amazing. Exactly. But it, and, I mean, it's like a Western. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's Game of Thrones does Cowboys and Indians. It was yeah. Yeah. great. So it's kind of a surprise. They don't expect the yeah. horde of Dothraki. They don't expect the dragon. Um, and Daenerys blows up all the loot that isn't already in King's Landing, which is mainly grain and supplies. It is like... It's, so she it decimates also, the gold, right? Well, I thought the gold got into King's Landing. I thought that's oh. what Randall Tarly said. Oh, the last of the gold right. is okay. in. We just need to get the back of the 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 train. Right, okay. Gotcha. I think that's the thing that's sort of ironic is that like everyone everyone does kind of need that grain for like the destructive winter that's about to come and she's just yeah. like, boom. No, fuck it. <laughs> but that scene where all the Dothraki come over the horizon is incredible. Yeah, because we've never se- we've been promised this for since season one. Like, what would it look like if the Dothraki invade? Like, they are yeah. brutal warlords. Yeah, and they great. smash apart <clears throat> the soldiers, don't they? Yeah, oh, just obliterated them. There was just you can't, you know, you, you saw you saw all the soldiers like with the shields and their their, their spears all doing tactical kind of like interlocking and preparing mm. themselves for this and that. And actually when you're faced with like, I don't know what, 10,000 lunatics on horses with machetes um, and eyeshadow, you're fucked, you know, cause they'll mm-hmm. just, they'll just plow through you. You know, you cannot, and, and it's the same and that's, but that's Daenerys' battle technique full stop. It's like, come up with any tactics you like. I can just mm. hit you harder and faster mm. than anything else. It doesn't, mm. nothing you can come up with can account for brute force. She is just brute yeah. force through and through um and even like the way that you know the dothraki like a lot of the horses get impaled on the spears and there's one shot where the guy just leapfrogs over his horse yeah it, you know it's like even their horses which are like they fucking love horses like they sleep in stables with their horses the dothraki yeah. fucking love horses even that it's just like you know just brutal like horses are gone now it's just like it's crazy there was like a horse that's like on fire at one point it's just like black beauty like flashbacks of like yeah yeah you know um, we, we see a horse lose a leg don't we is that bronze horse and it was bronze horse oh yeah one of, yeah the dothraki that's chasing him cuts the horse's leg off yeah just, don't like horses that much do astonishing they? Yeah. yeah um so but the whole it's just and and obviously drogon comes over torches things and the it's this fire and smoke and there's one amazing shot sort of mid towards the final bit of the battle where Bronn is we're watching Bronn run to get the scorpion which is the big yes uh, crossbow Kyber which I love that they thought we should take that to Hightgarden just, just in case in case just I know it case. takes 19 people to drag it with their you know hands yeah but we should just take that yeah yeah why not why not so anyway Bronn is running towards it and the dragon flies over him really low and it literally looks like an aeroplane is yeah. about to crash it's it was, so good it's a great um, moment i loved it the uh it the, the scorpion was brilliant i think was there an homage to jaws in there there's a the, the bit where bron is got the scorpion he's got it loaded and he's like where are you come mm. here he, he says like come on then you fucker or something like that <laughs> it's like um it's like a reference to to chief brody and jaws 
where he goes, yeah. smiley son of a bitch, where it's just like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Life. And, the, and the, the, it's charging, to, the, the shark's coming towards him with the oxygen tank, oh, spoiler, uh, oxygen tank uh, in his mouth. And he's like, smile, you son of a bitch. I, th- I thought there was like a little uh, yeah. moment there. And it's- I loved, the one thing I, <laughs> that I do think is kind of like, is how realistic is that? It's like, where like Tyrion's like, just wanders up and he's like, he spies, like he can just see what's going yeah. on. He's like, there's my brother, there's Daenerys looking a bit. It's like, and he's just like, oh, flee. He said, flee, you fucking idiot. It's just like, he's just, he's like, don't mind me, guys. Just gonna just have some thoughts. Yeah. Um, why was Tyrion, why would Tyrion, why would you send him there? Like, I mean, you just like, get the fuck out of the way, mate. It's like, just, at least, I guess he probably was saying to Daenerys, like, if you're going to go, I'm coming with you. Yeah. I'm the hand of the queen, I suppose. Yeah. But, fair enough. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. Like, Jamie sees Tyrion, Tyrion sees Jamie. Like, it's all very, like, it's almost kind of like they couldn't wait until their eventual reunion. So they sort of put that in there. I think it would have been better if they hadn't. Yeah. Done Although it, it was, it did, I mean, that particular sequence, what it did do was make us realise what Jamie was planning on doing, which would have been quite difficult to, to frame. Yes. That that yeah. kind of like, the again, a weird POV. There was a bit of POV there as well, where mm. you were like, you saw what Tyrion was looking at, which was Jamie kind of like starting to gallop and picking up the spear towards yeah. Daenerys. And then he looked over towards uh, her kind of pulling this, the, the scorpion the, the thing the out scorpion. of Drogon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a great shot. One of the great shots was like Daenerys looking, Daenerys almost like, an, oh, f- I'm fucked. Drogon's head just appearing in front of that, opening yeah. up. And yeah. then Bronn just, uh, brilliant. It was like Indiana Jones. It, it was, was it was really high octane. And again, I think when I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, how stupid. And actually, completely take it back it's really good television it is it is a dumb action sequence but it's brilliant it's like yeah it it was just hygiene because because i think actually what i got was just the sheer like hopelessness that jamie is like my army's gone and he's like i'm there's nothing that there is nothing i can do about this dragon you know it's the fact that the the bodies were immediately just ash there was, yeah. there was just, it was like seeing, like you know, you saw like the, the bodies of Pompeii where you just see mm-hmm. people like just. Yeah. There's a scene where one of the horses runs through a torched soldier and it, he just falls, it turns, it just. Just kind of. Into dust immediately. Up. It's like a yeah. dandelion, you know, yeah. and you blow, it just goes like that. And it, you know, it's just shocking. So Jamie's theory is, look, I killed the mad king. I can kill his daughter. Yeah. And even if, and I'm probably not going to get out of this alive. I have to do this. Yeah. Obviously. I am the Kingslayer. Yeah. Yeah. Bronn is like, got to get you out of the way. And he does. Jamie's, I mean, that is the deepest lake I've ever seen also. <laughs> it was a naff, I'm going to say a, a bit of a cheap cliffhanger. I think also what I noticed was, God, that is the, if you have got a golden arm, that is the worst scenario where you're like, oh my God, I'm literally sinking. Oh, it was really bad. Yeah. And um, the armor. It's like, my God. I mean, and the armor. Yeah. How, but no so way. don't quite know how, if I was Daenerys, I'd have got some, I got that dragon to just boil the water alive. and <laughs> exactly. just yeah. Give him a Turkish just, bath to death. Just poach yeah. him, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it was astonishing. And I think it really, it was really smart getting a good victory in because this is what we wanted to see this whole time. Yeah. And I, it doesn't, we don't really, I think the subsequent episodes, invasions are a little bit, they're, they're to such an extreme that we had to get this, 
it's not quite tactical, but just something a little enticing. Like this is the firepower. This is what she's got. Yeah. But well, it had also, to happen in order to in order to to to. We can Cersei to the point where she was just like, okay, let's just, okay. Uh, actually, I don't want to fight you now because I'm going to fight the Night King now. It's yeah. like let's let's. It was a bit. It was it made. It made like the uh, the quest to go and fetch the White a, a kind of like a convenient kind of like mm. uh, pause for Cersei, wasn't it? I do want to just res- uh, just repeat that I think it is the story north of the wall is just the stupidest thing people have chosen this episode to be vindictive to you you know that what i will say is when we cover it i won't be a complete prick now what i will also say i want to get in front of this the character interactions are great yeah there's all these you know but it's just complete nonsense yeah plot point it it makes no sense but it's if if this is a western you know, the Beyond the Wall episode that we're going to watch next is like the Magnificent Seven. It's like, it's that yeah. kind of like Roger Moore um, kind of army. What What's the Bridge Over the River Kwai kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. It? It's it also just makes, it's, for me, it's very like, very Marvel, like very Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's fine because those guys are superheroes. But you've got Gendry, whose life experience is, I'm a bastard and I've made three helmets. Three helmets and I've been on a boat for four years. You should go north of the wall and capture a white. Yeah. Anyway, I understand why they have to do it. I think it is really, really stupid. But I'm kind of looking forward to it. I think the bit where Gendry sends a raven to Daenerys to come and save them is just preposterous. And <laughs> okay, I think, well, listen, you're jumping out of yourself. Jumping but but of I'm, yourself. I'm just getting it out of my system because what I want to say is when we do next week, I'm not, I can't, I know... You're going to be objective. I can't be Captain Mona. So we'll be sort of, I'll be looking for things that I enjoy. And I think I want to get the stuff that doesn't work. I think we all know there's yeah. a lot of logic leaps. So it maybe isn't healthy to spend next week just going in on that. So I'll be going in with my you know, uh, compliment sandwich tucked under my arm. A very pleasing um, episode of Game of Thrones. Slightly felt very tonally different uh, mm. to, to, to any of the ones we've watched on this rewatch so far, I think. Um, and I think these, these later episodes generally are more fun on a rewatch than a random episode from season definitely. two. Definitely. It, it felt know, like a capsule like, episode that had it's, a lot They're really on. fun. You just, yeah. I just was like, oh my God, it's so audacious and yeah. exciting so you know that's something that i sort of forgot when we started doing this oh yeah like these episodes we've been watching it's like oh i've got one piece of a 10 piece puzzle and then i'm not sure. gonna finish it <laughs> yeah so yeah looking so forward there we to go. next week we are a third of the way through season seven already next week is episode uh six um beyond the wall uh which will be an interesting uh, now, time for some correspondence. Thank you very much to everyone that's got in touch. Always Thank appreciate you. anyone leaving a review. Lots of people leave us reviews, actually, on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. I'm sorry we don't... I don't really kind of, like, respond to them because mm. they're, they're usually just, like, out-and-out out praise, which is great. So thank you to anybody that does. If you haven't, do feel free. I know it's not an ask. You know, it's, they're always... I don't know how the algorithm of Apple and all that stuff works, but I know that reviews, especially five-star reviews, work really well. Um, yeah, absolutely Stephen Freeman Steve Freeman got in touch thanks Steve um, email dragoncast at daftdoris.com and said love the pod thanks Steve uh, with many good ones has a lot to do with the chemistry of the people on it and you two are great in that respect hey that's because we're great chumps um, we are, now we are. 
he said, uh, this is a bit behind the curtain, but I always wonder who's hammering a keyboard in the background. I don't think it's either of you, but you can often hear it when someone's speaking. They, they mentioned like a bit where I went back and listened. Uh, Steve, it's me. Because what that is, is me frantically Googling something to make my argument, to add weight to my argument, to make me sound like I know things a lot I, more than I do. That's what I wouldn't is. say I've ever heard you tapping away. Well, he put, he mentioned something. He said, uh, for example, and he gave a time in an episode and I went back and went, no, that's absolutely me trying to make myself sound clever. I do it sometimes, but yeah. I try not to. I try, I actually think, um, I try and do my research before. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, I'm far, far too but, late. Yeah, because I feel like we're not we're not encyclopedias. You know, we're people, and people don't expect us to know everything except when exactly. they do. Except when they do. Uh, Tracy Goodwin Bristow emailed in. Um, just wanted to say thanks for the podcast that we do about Game of Thrones, House of Dragon. Blah 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 blah. It's been fantastic. Uh, they they then go on. Tracy, the reason I'm bringing you up now is because they then go on to ask a question about Succession. Tracy will answer that question on next monday when we've watched episode four because you raise you come you've got a really really good theory really good Ooh. theory um okay which she'll know what it is we'll bring it up on monday obviously no spoilers elena sharp hello elena um love you both talking about game of thrones we're both so funny other podcasts can't compete i mean who are we to argue with that um uh she finally someone said it finally she rewatches game of thrones every year She's done a she's done a rewatch what? a dozen times now. That is fucking impressive, Elena. How that many, is wait, how many episodes are there? Like seventy seventy three episodes. So that's more than one a week. That's more than once a week every Forever. year. In perpetuity. Constant. That's like that's that crazy. um painting that which is that bridge. Is it in America by the time they finish painting? Oh the fourth bridge. bridge. Yeah, you start at the to... end, you've got to go back yeah. and start at the beginning. Yeah. Gosh, what an undertaking. Uh, They've said, uh, please, please, please try and get a Game of Thrones convention going. There's nothing more I want in the world than a room filled with Game of Thrones people. Uh, this and is our new mission. Uh, it's a mission that I'm going to decline gracefully. I think, Elena, that's a live uh, convention. I think they did try. I was booked to go and appear or open or speak at one in Canada a mm. couple of years ago that never got off the ground. I think mainly because, well, my theory is because the thing that makes conventions proper is having cast there and mm. i don't think enough times i think people are like judging by the reaction that we've seen from people like john bradley or gwendolyn or amelia or kit harrington where they where they're asked about house of the dragon they've gone i can't watch it it's too soon mm. you know i think that says everything it's like for them to then go back into do a game of thrones convention i think it'll happen eventually like, yeah. like we see Star Wars celebrations that happened the previous weekend and we and they get kind of like Ewan McGregor happily turns up with Aiden, mm. Hayden Christensen, Gwendolyn Christie turned up at that one. Yeah, I think did, it will yeah. happen. Uh, just, I, I think just not yet. And it probably won't be organised by me. I can tell you that much. Um, uh, oh, here we go. So a couple of... Uh, good morning, Dragoncast. Uh, this is Stephen Connor. Thanks, Stephen. I was scar- This is about... Um, Oh, hang on a sec. I think I've talked about this one. Sorry, I beg your pardon. I'll cut that bit out. So there we go. Do get in touch if you want to get in touch at dragoncast underscore pod on the old Twitters or indeed uh, just email at dragoncast uh, dragoncast at daftdoris.com. Really, really appreciate it. Um, Until next time. Uh, we will be recording an OA episode, whether or not we do that now. I'm not sure. We've not discussed it. It feels like maybe a bit much, considering this maybe. has been an, over an hour's episode. Um, but we will finally put the OA to bed. Uh, we will. Because 
we're doing it a disservice. But until the next episode, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with Sound of Succession. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday or Wednesday with uh, uh, Dragon Cat with Game of Thrones Rewatch Season 7, Episode 6. Chris Dracaris, my friend. Dracaris. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast, just head over to Twitter at DragonCast underscore pod or email DragonCast at DaftDoris.com and leave us your Easter eggs, predictions and thoughts on the show. You can also watch this episode over on our YouTube channel. Just search for DragonCast Jamie East. Any support, whether it's a follow, a share, a mention to your friend on the bus or a tattoo on your backside is very much appreciated. DragonCast is hosted by me, Jamie East, along with Chris Mandel and is a Daft Doris production. Drakkars. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.